Hey everyone, this is Dave DeBow here with another special episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today we are doing a Real Estate Investment Club Spotlight. I've got Dakota Sharon on the call with me. He is the founder and president of the National Real Estate Investors Community. He's a very sharp young real estate entrepreneur and developer in his own right. And he's done an amazing job with this real estate investment club. So Dakota, thanks for being on the call. I appreciate it. I've been watching you as well. And we've had you as a guest within our uh, community. So we're honored to be here today with you that, once again. That's right. Last time I saw you, we were both avatars. <laughs> that's correct. Yes. We had a virtual world. We did. We, that was a lot of fun. That was my first experience with that. So Dakota, tell us a little bit about the club and how you got things up and rolling. So let's get a little bit of the background about your organization. Yeah, I mean, to go back to the very beginning, I was in real estate evidently doing my projects and I just wanted to kind of put that on, you know, a much faster pace. I wanted to be surrounded by people consistently. I wanted access to capital. I wanted access to deals. I didn't want to have to wait on people. I didn't want to have to sit down at coffee meetings. I really wanted to create a place where I could go and have that readily available 24-7 and very, very fast. So I put together a little group, very casual, Earl's Restaurant, and I think we had about 16 people and we quickly grew, whereas by the end of the first 12 months, we had about 138 members, I believe. And so wow. we started hosting events pretty actively. And one of the things we did a bit differently was we, we made sure that all the members met a certain eligibility requirement. So if they weren't if they didn't have experience, they had to have $100,000 plus in investable capital. That way they provided value to the community in the sense of having passive investor. Additionally, they were required to have done at least one transaction in the last 12 months of some capacity and or managed at least one rental door that wasn't in a personal residence. So it was relatively easy enough, but it still created enough of a level of sophistication in a community. And that way the conversations were very just a little bit higher level, if you will, right? And so that's where we started. We started in Earl's Restaurant, very casual. We, we did everything and then we've quickly grown. We're approaching three years now of being active and that's where we're at now. And we're, we're constantly creating new things, trying to effectively deliver value to the community. Now in our CRM, I know one of the questions that might be asked is what's our group size? We've got about 530 something in our CRM right now. About 300 of those have successfully gone through our eligibility requirements or actively engaged in the community. The rest of those are currently in application or are already part of our, we have a just a free community that's open to everyone, which is NREIC open. So yeah, that's a little bit of a quick synopsis over the last three years. Yeah. So where, for folks that aren't familiar with you, where are you based out of? Where are most of your members from at this particular time? Yeah. So one of the unique things is we've called ourselves a national real estate investors community because over the next decade, we intend on sort of reproducing this in provincial chapters all across Canada. Some of the things we do are a little bit unique and very specific to locations. Currently, as we started in Manitoba, I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's where majority of our membership is based out of. Of course, we've got outside of province investors who invest in Winnipeg that are actively a part of the community as well. But that's where we are in, for the most part is Manitoba currently. Yeah, makes sense. So Dakota, when you first came up with the idea of creating this community, had you already had some experience with some other real estate organizations or clubs? And this is why you kind of decided to tighten up the, the criteria for allowing members in, into your group? 
Absolutely. I yeah. think that's where everybody starts, right? You're going to seminars, you're going to conferences, you're listening to speakers, you're networking with people. And certainly that's where I was. Winnipeg's relatively small. So I found myself with a lot of the same groups of people. And with those types of events, I found that there was a few things that were lacking. And so I went looking for a community that was similar to what I wanted to build. Because to be honest with you, when I started it, I didn't want to build it. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to build it's a, a lot real of work, estate man. business, right? It's definitely it's a, a lot, lot of work. work. Yeah, for sure. So I just wanted, I was like, every, I just want to be around people and I want to build the real estate business. I don't want to build a community, right? But through the values, I've always wanted to impact people. I've always wanted to build something, a legacy of some capacity, if you will. And something that's bigger than me, beyond me. And so when I searched the marketplace for something like this, I didn't quite find it. Well, there was a lot of different groups that may have had components of it. I honestly didn't think that I could find something that was exactly like I'd envisioned it. So as any great entrepreneur story starts, when you can't find it, you build it. So that's what we went ahead and started doing. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. And I, you know, hats off to you. I ran a small investment club myself here in Kamloops years ago, it was a pain in the butt. And that was much smaller than, than what you've got going and, and yeah. definitely not as robust. So yeah, that's fantastic. So Dakota, I mean, you're a young guy, but you've been involved in real estate for years. You've been part of clubs and organization for years. What do you think are some of the most important reasons that real estate investors should consider becoming part of a community or a real estate investment club or a RIA? whatever they call it in their particular area. Yeah. So I'll use this to start. We interviewed Thatch Nguyen, I believe is, is the way you pronounce his last name. He's from the States. He's very popular on social media, but we had him as a guest speaker. He joined the community. And one of the questions I, I had asked this question to him in the interview, and while I believed in this, he put it very simply, and it's the following word, which is can I, which is an abbreviation, but constant never-ending improvement. When we're not growing, we're essentially dying, right? And we all have an obligation to somewhat grow, serve our families, serve the community, and, and ultimately the world. That's my personal philosophy. So in essence, if we're not always staying engaged, we're not active in the community, we're not knowing what all the recent changes are, policies are ever changing. If you want to grow, you've always got to be surrounded by people that are further ahead. And you also want to be pulling people up and helping people as well, right? That's part of growth. And so from a high level view, I think that's the key. But of course, people get access to new relationships, opportunities, which wouldn't have been created otherwise, access to capital, access to education. There's such an advantage to your competition if you're a part of a community. You get the support, you get everything you really need. If, if it's a good community, you should be able to, to achieve everything you're looking for within that community. And I firmly believe that, right? And mm -hmm. whatever that might be in the sense of support. So yeah, very, very, that. very well put. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. makes sense. So what kind of topics do you guys cover? It sounds like you cover a lot of different things, but what are some of the main areas of focus that you have with your organization? Well, when we started out, we didn't focus on education. We wanted to focus on experiences, networking, first and foremost, right? Over the years, and I say years, it's been three years, but most recently we've defined one of our critical sort of value propositions is really putting together one-of-a-kind experiences. So most recently, we work very strategically at creating one-of-a-kind experiences that are exciting, that provide an element of entertainment, but also that foster the ability for the community to get together, to stay motivated, to stay active, to stay in touch, to connect with people without the need for constant you know, coffee meetings and different things. It's a very high leverage of, of time with those. So that's been our primary focus. But with COVID, we had to adapt a little bit. And so 
the type of topics that we focus on is bringing either local experts in, but also experts from outside of the province as well, that are very sort of experts in their field. So we don't really talk about the standards of marketing or the top three ways to raise capital, but we try and bring in very specialized kind of content and knowledge where somebody who's got basic foundation can really tune into that. So that might look like how to market privately through flyers. And you might bring in a copywriter to discuss that. We might discuss that from a logistic standpoint. What's, what are the best, most cost-effective and efficient ways to do that? We'll bring in somebody to discuss logistics. In Manitoba, we're, we've got what's called the, the residential tenancies branch, and there are registered rents, and we have to abide by those. So one of our recent topics was how to achieve rental increases with a market freeze using this strategy. And then we broke down that entire strategy. In Manitoba, you have to be or under that legislation with four more units. So those are the sort of the specific things we try and bring content where somebody who's already experienced can really leverage that specific strategy, have a step-by-step and be able to run with it. Yeah, no, very, very, very good. So again, whoever it is that's speaking, your attendees, your members are going to get some golden nuggets that you can actually go out and apply and use in the real estate investing business. Correct. Just like when we had you speak as well, right? It wasn't so much how to raise capital. It was really what is your specific strategy that has allowed you to raise cap? Because your strategy is different compared to somebody else. And so we try and find experts, bring them in, speak about that one very specific topic and go very high level and deep so that somebody can take what they need to take out of it. So you were talking a little bit about the pandemic. And at the time that we're recording this, knock on wood, we're kind of getting out of it. There, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, how has, maybe. How, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. How has this affected you guys? Because, you know, at this point, the majority of your time has been during the pandemic. So what did you have to change? What did you have to modify? What's the good, the bad, the ugly about the whole pandemic and how it affected your organization? Interesting you say that. We were going to celebrate our one-year anniversary and days before the event, that's when we got the news. Boom. I try and see everything as an opportunity. So from a not good sense, as a networking group that is focused on networking and may not have focused on education or, or other components, we certainly suffered. Uh, we quickly pivoted and we tried a bunch of different things. We tried to do everything at once with the fear that by losing the events, we'd have nothing. What that had caused us to do was very carefully and very quickly find what the community wanted. We like to listen to our community. So myself as the founder of the president, it's the community's vision and what they look for. So we're constantly asking for that. and so. Through the two years, we've been able to develop some things. And well, it certainly proved to be challenging. I mean, we've got an in-person coming, an in-person event coming up next week. And, you know, we wanted to do a stand-up reception and they just changed things. So now we have to sit down with tables of 10. So somebody's limited to networking with 10 people. They're not able to mingle. I mean, we might bend the rules and play in the gray area a little bit, so to speak, but that's what we're limited <laughs> to. Exactly. We'll Mom's do our best. Not I'm not telling nobody. Um, but no, except for all those listening. No, but really it's forced us to adapt and it's forced us to ask ourselves what is of value to the community. So we've been able to leverage the online space and do many things. I will say this, one of the things we did was create the virtual world, which you were a part of. For those who don't know, everybody had avatars. It was a very cool concept. We believe we kind of saw the future. So we pursued that element and we thought that would be great because you were able to hear conversations that you weren't necessarily a part of. You could overhear things you know, you were able to have private offices where you could have private conversations, but we really felt in the online, the real estate space, 
our members just didn't necessarily like the complexities of that. So we decided to actually eliminate that as part of our value add. So it's been very interesting to sort of navigate that world. It's new. You don't really have somebody to look up to as, and follow necessarily. So it's all about pioneering that whole space. So it's been very, very challenging. But on the flip side, it's been very positive. We've been able to create a lot of different things, a lot of unique things. We didn't have an online community back then. We do now. You know, people are chatting 24-7. We've got support. We've got referrals happening. There's people that, you know, are flying in from out of town and they're a part of NREAC Manitoba. And there's an outside investor. They're saying they're coming into Winnipeg for the first time. Somebody else from the community is like, I'll pick you up at the airport. What time does your plane arrive? And tour the city, right? So really the online aspect has has allowed us to to prosper in that sense. And uh, when the in-person events arrive again, we've sort of reimagined how we're going to do them. So it's also given us the space to breathe. It's given us the space to take the time to reflect on what we would want to improve and do better. Uh, when you're in the event space, you're moving very quickly and it's one thing after another. And once you're done one, you're planning the next and you, it's sometimes hard to get that 30 foot view, 30,000 foot view rather. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, hats off to you guys for for taking a shot at trying something different, very, very cutting edge. I thought it was kind of fun, but I would imagine for you young punks, it's a piece of cake. For some of us oldies, yeah, sometimes the technology gets a little bit complicated, complex. You know what? I suck with technology, so my team set that whole thing up. Really, the challenge was just the the inability to be on your phone like Zoom. So people would actually have to have a computer. The computer uh, had to have a, it had to be a certain, it had to be with, new enough. You can tell my technology, I don't even know what the, what you needed for it. But nonetheless, it was challenging in that sense, right? So, no, but, but it, you, yeah. know, perhaps, you, you never know till you try. And uh, it was definitely. It's all about testing. Good. It is, yeah. it is. So Dakota, I want to ask a personal question because sure. you're coming from a unique perspective of, first of all, you know, being a real estate investor, being part of these different organizations, different clubs, not finding what you're looking for. So then just saying, screw it, I'll build it myself. So what path would you suggest to somebody who's just kind of, you know, at that stage you were at years ago, where they're poking around with different organizations, would you suggest doing that? or? Or is it a good first step maybe to get involved with your local real estate investment club or RIA and try to modify things from within? What, you know, knowing what you know now, and obviously, you know, starting this community has been fantastic for you, but it is a big commitment of time and energy and expense and, and effort. What would you suggest to somebody that's uh, just kind of poking around with that idea? I would absolutely suggest utilizing and leveraging the other the other communities. Mm-hmm. And I say that for a few reasons. I went into real estate when I was about 20 or 21. I'm 25 now, but I spent years prior consuming the knowledge, attending seminars. I was in university at the time pursuing architecture. So I was there was probably 3 years leading up to even considering real estate where I was actively getting to know people, finding people that I would call mentors, different things, being exposed to those kinds of things. But beyond that, I would also say if somebody wanted to start something like this, look at contributing value within those communities, right? See how you can serve within, see how you can improve somebody else's life within. Give, 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 and you'll get just as much out. There's also different boards. Like I know for us, we recently underwent the process of becoming registered as a not-for-profit organization. We had to create a board. We're just wrapping up with that now. So same idea, right? There's the ability to be 
a part of an existing organization and contributing to that. It does take a lot of time. And, you know, if you go into it thinking you might be able to, if you go into it thinking what, how, or what is it going to do for me, it will certainly help with your branding and your speed and your success, perhaps, but it takes an excruciating amount of time and commitment. And honestly, I do it because it's for a much bigger purpose and I've got a big vision on what I'm trying to achieve and and being of impact. But if I was doing it solely for me, it would have been the worst decision because I could have just showed up to an event and leveraged all the members there and left with everything I needed. But instead I'm there running around, doing the setup, takedown, managing teams, building things. And, you know, I, people ask me how much time I spend on this. Probably 50% of my day is spent on NREIC every single day and I've got full-time staff. So, you know, it takes a lot of time and takes a lot of dedication. And so I think that was your question. I hope I answered yeah. it properly. No, that, you answered it beautifully. Um, yeah. Leverage as many tools, resources, consultants, coaches, be a big part of what other people are doing. And also, if somebody has the vision to create one of those, uh, a group, whether it be mine or anybody else's, you know, ask them how you can support them. Because by being a part of the support group, by providing value, you're going to get so much out of it. People yeah. see that. People sense that. And uh People want to help people who help people. Yeah. So well said. Very, very well said. I think I'll use that as part of our tag this episode. People want to help people who help people. That's fantastic. Dakota, if people, speaking of helping people, if people want to find out more about your organization, what's the best place for them to check that out? And again, keeping in mind that, you know, you guys are expanding. You're not, you're going to be mm-hmm. growing outside of, outside of uh, Winnipeg. If people want to check you out, is there a virtual version? Is there a, a distance learning option? What what kind of things can people do? Yeah, as I said, you know, some of our values right now are very provincial focused. Mm-hmm. And so in saying that, for somebody who might not be in Manitoba, and not even thinking about investing in Manitoba, then the best place to probably go is we've got a Facebook group called NREIC Open. We're building it in such a way that that itself can attract people from all across Canada before we implement the new chapters. So that would be the first place. We are also in the process of creating a newsletter where we're getting up-to-date information on recent policy changes. We're developing that with governments and different things right now to get up-to-date information. So that would be the second place. If they're in Manitoba, then as a whole, anybody can go to the website. The website outlines absolutely everything. I'm constantly asking people if it's very informative. Anybody in Manitoba, they would consider a membership on that website or just be able to get all the information there. Somebody from outside Manitoba, then of course, consider NREIC open or joining our newsletter. And then last but not least, I'm always available to help and be of support to somebody so they can reach out to me direct as well. Fantastic. Dakota, it's always a pleasure. And again, hats off to you, my friend, for all that you've done, because yes, I've seen your progression. I've seen how progressive you guys are, how forward thinking you guys are. And I think I think you're on the cusp of something big, my friend. So keep up the good Thank work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning into this special spotlight episode. Now, if you're a real estate investor and you're looking to find private money partners and raise capital for your deals, then check out moneypartnerformula.com. You get a free copy of my book. You can find out how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less. Again, that's moneypartnerformula.com.